the staff where we talk about our point of view And we share the things we're gonna do And we hope you're learning something new Cause the path to mastering theory begins with you Welcome to Notes from the Staff, a podcast from the creators of U Theory, where we dive into conversations about music theory, ear training, and music technology with members of the U Theory staff and thought leaders from the world of music education. Hi, I'm Greg Risto, founder of U Theory and associate professor of conducting at the Oberlin Conservatory of Music. And I'm David Newman. I teach voice and music theory at James Madison University, and I code and create content for U Theory. Thanks to all our listeners for the great feedback and ideas you've been sending us at notes at utheory.com. Keep them coming. We love your ideas, and we'll try and get to everything that you uh, suggest we should do. Our topic today is Dalcro's Solfege Games. Today we're turning the tables, and I'll be interviewing my co-host Greg Risto. When he's not working on U-Theory, Greg is an associate professor of conducting at the Oberlin Conservatory, where he also teaches classes in Dalcro's Eurythmics. In the summers, he conducts the World Youth Honor Choir and teaches music theory and ear training at the Interlaken Arts Camp. He has given numerous workshops on Eurythmics in the U.S. and abroad, and his writing on Eurythmics appears in the Journal of Music Theory Pedagogy, American Dalcro's Journal, Being Music, the Canadian Dalcro's Journal, and Theory and Practice. He holds the Dalcroze Certificate from the Juilliard School and the Dalcroze License from the Longy School of Music. Greg, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, David. So, <laughs> this is the big question. What is Dalcroze Eurythmics? Yeah, so uh, the 30-second the elevator pitch. Dalcroze Eurythmics is a way of learning music through movement, improvisation, and play. In a Dalcroze Eurythmics education, we approach musical concepts first by exploring them in movement, in physical and musical improvisation, and then we turn from that to, to words and theoretical concepts. A lot of people think of Eurythmics as a method for learning rhythm, but in fact, as Dalcroze envisioned it, it's a method for learning all about music. Any, any concept that you can think of in music, uh, you can teach using Eurythmics. Dalcroze himself uh, was a teacher at the Geneva Conservatory in the late 1800s, uh, he then actually resigned from the conservatory to found a school outside of Dresden in Hellerau, Germany, uh, where actually two uh, brothers who were kind of industrial, uh, I don't know what I call them, uh, I guess magnets at this point, they're wealthy industrialists, built a little town with the idea that everyone would uh, take classes and go to concerts, etc. And so they built the, the whole Eurythmic school there, uh, to Dalcroze's specifications, including staircases in every classroom so that you could practice all your rhythms, not just on a flat surface, but going up and down the stairs. And, you know, people, this was, Eurythmics really had its heyday uh, while the school was open, which is like 1909 to 1914. Uh, and during that time, everyone who was anyone was there. Uh, Stravinsky came, Orff came. Diaghilev was so taken by the school that actually uh, they hired one of Dalcroze's top pupils to uh, help them prepare the uh, premiere of Ride of Spring, the choreography of Ride of Spring. And so Nijinsky and Marie Rambert, uh, Dalcroze's student, worked super closely in that. So yeah, in, in a nutshell, that's, that's Eurythmics. It's, I, I find it a very joyful way of, of both teaching and learning music. Is, you know, I hadn't, I, I read a lot about Eurythmics 
from in reading old books mm -hmm. and I kind of thought about it as an old thing. It never got brought up in my music education classes. It, I didn't know anyone before you who, who taught it. And uh, I think we've talked before about some reasons why that is, but you know, why, why don't we know more about it? Yeah, I think at the heart of it is um, th there's a very tightly controlled certification process, which has has ensured over you know the century or so that Eurythmics has been around that people who are teaching it are are super qualified and really good at it, mm. uh, but has also made it much harder for um, more people to learn about it. So at this point, to get the top level of certification, which is the only level that allows you to certify other people. You have to go over to Geneva, to the Dalcroze Institute there, and uh, do a course of study, which takes about two years usually to do that. So wow. I, I have my certificate from Juilliard and my license from Longy. That, that's the highest level you can get in the U.S. without going over to Geneva. And I've spent some time in Geneva, but not nearly enough to, uh, to get the diploma, which is the highest level of certification. Also, I think a real impediment is that uh, Eurythmics teachers, when we teach, we generally teach from the piano and we're generally improvising music for whatever musical concept we're teaching. And so there's, you know, uh, there are some piano skills that are required, although you can, you can do a lot of improvisation on any other instrument. Um, but certainly there are improvisation skills that are required, which may not be at the center of a lot of people's musical training. Although if you come up in a Eurythmics approach, then improvisation is, is very central to all the work we do. Yeah. And, and of course, a lot of the conversations in, in, higher level uh, music uh, theory pedagogy is 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 about how we need to do more improvisation yeah um so this is exciting to me to sort of see how what what ideas you know i can grab from this without going through the whole certification <laughs> process absolutely and, you know and i think i think actually that's a great way of looking at it that that eurythmics you know it, even if you're not going to go and become a full-fledged eurythmics teacher then absolutely uh there are there are great ideas from the eurythmics approach that you can you can bring into your teaching especially because so many of the things we do are are little short games you can just, you know, I think of it as being like, oh, yeah, let's sprinkle in a little Eurythmics here. And then let's go back to the chalkboard and, and teach the way I normally teach. Yeah. Yeah. And I've already got some, you had recommended to me the, the book. Um, Diane Arista's book. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The Moving Body in the Oral Skills Classroom, yeah, which a, has a whole bunch of great ideas in it. Yeah, it's, it's a great book. And, and uh, yeah, we'll put a link to that in the show notes as well. Um, so yeah, so I thought what we might do today is, so our topic is Dalcro's Solfege Games, is that we might just play the role of teacher and student, and I might take you through some, some Dalcro's Solfege Games that I might do with the class. Does that sound good? I am so here for this. Okay, <laughs> awesome. Uh, and uh, for everyone listening at home, we're also video recording this because, you know, a lot of Dalcro's work is, is movement involved. So while we'll try and talk about what we're doing in movement, uh, we'll also put some clips up to YouTube and put those in the show notes so that you can check out and see uh, see actually what we're doing beyond our audio descriptions of it. Uh, so as we dive in, I should say a primary goal of Eurythmics training is to really ground, of Eurythmics solfege training, is to really ground in students a sense of the feeling of each degree of the scale and an ability to translate immediately 
between the degree of the scale and the note name in whatever key we happen to be in. And so Dalcro's teachers work always in a system that describes where we are in the scale and in a system that describes what actual pitch level we're at. And so for many Dalcro's teachers, that's scale degrees to describe where we are in the scale and fixed dough to describe what pitch level we're at. Uh, but I thought today, because it's more common in America, that we would work using movable dough for where we are in the scale and using letter names for what pitch level we're at, since I think uh, more of us in America speak that language. And that's absolutely consistent with the Dalcro's work. You just need one of each system uh, mm. to work. So yeah, shall we dive in? Yeah. Great, okay, so David, if you're comfortable doing so, would you stand and step back a little bit to where we can see Ooh. a little more of your body? And I'm gonna do the to, same. Might have to adjust my... Your camera a bit, sure, and I'll do the same for mine. <laughs> Good. I'm not sure I have the... <laughs> can I kneel? <laughs> I, actually, I think, I think that's going to work okay. As long as we can kind of see your hips, then, then we're fine. Okay. Uh, and uh, yeah, great. Okay. So we're going to do a game that I call Body Fej. I learned this game from Lisa Parker at the Longy School of Music. Uh, so when I introduce this, I just say, face a neighbor. And so you have to imagine, David, that you have a neighbor. And uh, I say, do what I do four beats later. And then, yeah, okay, so here we go. And let's just be, why not, in this key. Do, do, so, so, so. Do, do, so, so, so. Good, and the so, 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 for everyone listening, as we do this, the do is fists tapping on your thighs. Yeah, and the so is high tens with your partner. So flat palm, high tens with your partner. Great, okay, here we go. Do, do, so, so, so. Do, do, so, so, so. So, 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 do, do. So, 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 do, do. Do, so, so, do. Do, so, so, do. Do, so, do, so, so, do. Do, so, do, so, so, do. Do the same thing, but I'm going to play it on the piano instead. Do. Do, so, so, so. So, 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 do, do. Good. And David, I'm going to make just a little correction on, on what you're doing. The, okay. the do, actually straight arms, really on your thighs, not on your hips, but on your Fantastic. thighs. Fantastic. Okay. We're going to need our hips for another degree of the scale as this goes on. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Great. Going on. Do, so, 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 do. So do, so so do do. So so la. So so la. And la is a little snap just above that high ten. So exactly. And so go ahead and snap as you do it. So la, so la, so. So la, so la, so. La so do do do. La so do do do. Do la so do do. Do la so do do. La, so. La, so, la, do, do, do. Do, la, so, la, la. So, la, so, do. 
Good. Now, I'm going to keep adding notes, and I think it's worth saying here that when I'm doing this with a class, this is something that I space out over a number of weeks. We start with just a few notes, usually with just these first three notes, and then once those start to be really solid, we gradually add other notes to it. So although I'm going to get us through the whole scale now, this is not something I would do in one class, right? This is to gradually build up over it. Now, the other thing that as, as we're building it up, in any Dalcroix exercise, a great joy is to switch around who's the teacher mm -hmm. and say, okay, let's have who would volunteer to lead this. Uh, and it's a great game to lead and also for you to test not only can students identify what they hear, but can students call to mind the sound of each soulfish. So David, do you want to lead it with these three notes so far? Sure. Great. So la so 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 la so 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 la so do so so la so do so 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 la so do 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 so la so do 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 excellent excellent and now uh why don't you lead it sing like bum 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 something without the syllables right bum 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 Do so la so do bum 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 la so la do do do. That's great. Etc. Etc. Et yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, uh, this works really well in in classes, even even very large classes, because the students also see what's happening around them. So if they're wondering, wait a second, was that do so or was that do la? They can kind of see: is my partner going to a snap or is my partner going to a high ten? <laughs> And there's that sort of communication and trust. And I think this is true of a lot of Dalcro's games, that the, the class teaches in many ways itself uh, through that. And now, if, uh, if I had given you a pattern that you had made a mistake on, mm -hmm. then what instead of just doing that pattern over again or saying, ooh, that was wrong, mm -hmm. I'll often then do a pattern that will correct it. So let's say that I'd given you and you went do so so then i just go at which point you've cracked oh yeah it's do la 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 right so mm -hmm. just a pattern that simplifies things to 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 correct it yeah good should we add some more notes sure okay great uh, do what i do four beats later do do me do do me so me is a clap right in the center of the chest right in front of the body Do mi so 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 Do mi so 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 La so mi so so La so mi so so La mi so do do La mi so do do That's a La mi mi la 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 mi mi la la So mi la do do So mi la do do Mi do la la so Mi do la la so So mi la do So mi la do So la mi 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 la la so So mi mi so so mi la so mi do 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 re do do re 
Yeah. Ray is hands on hips, elbows out to the side, a big, strong posture. Do, re, mi. Do, re, mi. Mi, re, mi, re, re, do. Mi, re, mi, re, re, do. So, mi, re, do, do. So, mi, re, do, do. Do 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 re mi sol la sol la sol la sol mi la sol mi re do do mi fa do mi fa so fa is um. Hands up and out to the side in a questioning gesture, like, what is that? <laughs> do, mi, fa, fa, mi. Do, mi, fa, fa, mi. Sol, fa, fa, mi. Sol, fa, fa, mi. La, sol, fa, mi, do. La, sol, fa, mi, do. Re, fa, fa, mi, mi, mi. Re, fa, fa, mi, mi, mi. Sol, fa, mi, re, do, do. Sol, fa, mi, re, do, do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I can, I can keep up with the syllables, but not with the, <laughs> not the motions, right? This is the other thing to, of, of, of introducing it over a longer period of time, yeah. Uh, so what remains T, of course, T, right? And so T, actually, before I introduce T, I usually introduce a high do. So high do, our low do is fists with straight arms on thighs. Our high do is fists pumping straight up into the air. So do, 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 do. Do, 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 do. So, so, do, 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 do. So, so, do, 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 do. La, la, do, la, so, do. La, la, do, la, so, do. La, so, la, do, do. La, so, la, do, do. Do, do, ti, ti, ti. Do, do, ti, ti, ti. T is just our good old-fashioned Kerwin pointer finger T with arms, upper arms parallel to the shoulders and fingers pointing up. Do, ti, la, so, so, so. Do, ti, la, so, so, so. Ti, so, re, re, do. Ti, so, re, re, do. Fa, mi, re, do, do. Fa, mi, re, do, do. Anyway, you can see how, right, you can introduce this slowly, let's say, over the course of a semester or even longer, especially if you're working with kids, to, to introduce each of the notes. Yeah. And, and, and we get thing, a workout. And we get a workout. And we get a workout. <laughs> yeah, you have to, you get moving. I, I love to do this, even with my uh, with my college students, with Oberlin College Choir, I love to do just, you know, 30 seconds of this at the start of rehearsal. And it just, just brings us into thinking about, um, a, a, you know, a tonal space, which is which is great. Uh, you can also, with your classes, and this is a very Dalcrosian thing to do, I give the prompt on solfege. You give the prompt back to me in letter names. I tell you what key we're in. And, and we switch it around that way. Or vice versa, right? Or I tell you the key, I give you the prompt from the piano, you give it back on, on letter names. You're still doing the, uh, the motions showing where we are in the scale. So let's say if we came up to D major, right? Right. Then if I gave 
Go, go, so, 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 you'd give D, D, A, A, A. And just because it takes too long to say F sharp, F sharp, F sharp, F sharp, F sharp, <laughs> we don't bother saying the accidentals uh, when we do this. We just say the letter name. Ah. Yeah. Does, is that, um, you know, in the long run, does that inhibit or... I know that when you do fixed O, you don't... Mm-hmm. Uh, in. I mean, I'm doing fixed O in classes right now for non-tonal solfege and we're using the chromatic declensions mm-hmm. for the purpose of interpreting w- exactly where we are so we, we know exactly sure. what the letter name is but um yeah does that I, I i obviously that works i just wonder why it works <laughs> <laughs> but why in other words why in fixed o not using the accidentals works. Correct. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'll tell you, in if we actually go back and we look at Dalcroze's uh, book on solfege pedagogy, which came out in 1906, hmm. he suggests actually using alterations for the chromatic syllables. Hmm. Um, but he stopped doing that in his own teaching at some point, um, I think to match more just how, how fixed o solfege is used throughout Europe. Right. But uh, actually, we'll get to this in, in a moment. In the Dalcro's world, there's actually a little bit of benefit to not using alterations because in some of the exercises we do, it's about discovering where the half and whole steps are. Uh-huh. And so by not using alterations, so in other words, F would always be F, even if it's F sharp, F flat, etc. Or if we're using fixed O, it'd always be Fa. Right then we can the class can sing for instance through a scalar passage mm-hmm. not knowing what key they're in but discovering as they go where the half and whole steps are to then be able to figure out what those are that's that's boy without a classic example that <laughs> that seems really weird so maybe we should maybe we should dive into to some of that stuff yeah um, but before we do one more one more thought on body fege mm-hmm. which is this is designed to get students to recognize the feeling of each note of the scale, to build up comfortable, uh, to make it comfortable for students to go between any, any two degrees of mm-hmm. the scale. What it's, what it intentionally does not teach is intervallic thinking. It really teaches, does that sound like a do? Does that sound like a so? I remember where do is, I remember where so is. And our goal is, with with that body fesh work, that students are really memorizing where each degree of the scale is in relation to tonic, and that they would be able to go to and from any other degree of the scale, regardless of interval. Which which is so much more useful, I think, for for most levels of yeah yeah yeah. We do. I mean, we do have to build up tonal intervals, right? We do have to build up the do mi re fa. We have to build up like the thirds within the scale, the fourths within the scale, etc. And like, for instance, that la mi moment where it was like, "Ooh, that la mi feels weird," yeah, because you know, because it does, because that's a much less common leap. Um, yeah. And the other thing that, as you're teaching these, as you get enough notes to build the different triads, to to work through arpeggiations of the different triads within the within the key as well to build those in. So, cool. Okay, shall we leave body veg? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that was great, and I I can see. Uh, so many reasons to do it. I, I, 
as I may have mentioned, uh, possibly it's embarrassing, but you know, at the college level, I hadn't done Kodai hand signs um, until maybe five years ago. And uh, I hadn't ever seen anyone else do it at the college level, except in choirs, but I thought we need to get some physical involvement. And I think what's neat about this is it has the same um, uh, opportunity for a kinesthetic engagement. Uh, and I kind of like how much more physically engaged this is. Um, oh, I'm making plans for... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's also, I don't you know, it's, it's actually, it's it's designed to transfer to and from the Kodai hand signs relatively easily. Because right. Do is fists, yeah, just it's like very Do similar. would be in Kodai. Ray, you put your, your hands on your hips, and if you just bring those up, they become like the Ray. Right. Me, right, your hands are flat when you clap, and, and of course me, also flat hands. Uh, the Fa is the weird one, and that's fine. Uh, it's, it's fine, and the, the, the partnering... Uh, yes. aspect of it. That sounds great. If you have an odd number of students, do you group Trio. three people together? Absolutely. And actually, uh, sometimes early on in this, I'll have students work in groups of three or four um, with the with the hope that at least one person is going to be strong in that group of three. Because if, <laughs> if you have one leader, they can gradually pull the others along. Ah, that's that's great. I've always looked for ways of of having the stronger students help the weaker students without sort of pointing out like, hey, you should probably get help from this person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. You know, and also, you know, your stronger students, um, asking for volunteers to lead it, it will often be those students who know they're strong at it, who are like, oh yeah, I want to lead this. Um, yeah. And it's, it's, you know, it's another level of magnitude harder to lead this than it is to uh, to follow it. And of course, it is improvisation, right? You're creating little one-measure phraselets but what a great start to improvising like that's yes. not intimidating mm -hmm. that's not going to be intimidating to most people or yeah especially I say that no 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 it's so true especially if you start with say just do and so right right like that's yeah you can yeah and then you're mm -hmm. encouraging them to explore on their own how those notes function with each other and mm -hmm. what sounds good and maybe what sounds bad <laughs> yeah yeah and i should say also you know we were in four four but I, I love to do this in different times as well so maybe we'll do it in three four which actually when the as the duration between when you hear it and when you respond shortens it becomes harder and harder and so, you know, 3-4 in 2-4 is very hard. 6-8 is delightful because there's just so much more space in the measure to have different notes. So, mm. yeah, so lots of lots of possibilities for, for extending that. Um, and, of course, if you want, you could extend it to two measures, although I think there's something fun about the, the quickness of the call and response nature of it. So... Mm. Um, and this is also, this is really central to the Dalcro's pedagogy, is the idea that... It's not, there's not one right game, but every game is an invitation to create other games out of it, to modify the rules, to change what we're doing, etc. So, right. Yeah. Cool. Okay. So in Dalcro's Holfege, we have um, these weird scales that are called C to C scales, and they're very central to the classic Dalcro's training. And what we mean by that is we, we sing all of our scales, major and minor, starting from C, or C-sharp or C-flat, whatever's in the key, mm -hmm. going up to the next C and coming back down. 
And as I describe that, you might be thinking that sounds a lot like modes. Right. Right. It sounds like a rotation of a scale. Uh, and, and you're right. The notes are the same as the modes. But what we work really hard to do with these is to actually learn them as major or minor scales already in progress. Right. So that if we were going to do the F major C to C scale, we'll start on C. But we want to hear that C, we want to hear it not as being some sort of like, ah, sorry. As being some sort of, you know, lovely Mixolydian thing. But that was a very nice Mixolydian demonstration. Thank you very much. Yeah, absolutely, right? And, you feel, and, and that C feels like tonic, and that B flat feels like part of the mode. And that right. is, and there, there is a modal C to C, right? Yeah. Right. But instead, what we work to do in Dalcros is to say, can you make this C feel like scale degree five in your mind? And to help along that way, as we're introducing the scales, generally one by one over a longer period of time, we'll say, okay, let's sing our F major C to C scale. Let's sing it on movable dose solfege. So what syllable will we start on in F major? David. So? Absolutely. So let's sing together our F major C to C scale on movable do. Here we go. Sol, And so now that F feels very much like tonic, right? Even though we've sung Absolutely. a scale from C to C, we're very clearly in F major. Now, let's do the same thing. Would you do it on letter names this time? Okay. And I'm just going to play one chord underneath you as you do it. Here we go. C, D, E, F, G, A. is F. absolutely absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and so uh, at that point right you have you have both the movable solfege mm -hmm. and the letter names going in your mind mm -hmm. now let's do the same thing and i'm just going to play a c but would you do the same thing and at any point in the scale i might call out switch which <laughs> means change from letters to scale degrees or vice or letters to movable dose solfege okay. or vice versa yeah so start on whichever you prefer so la switch B oh shoot mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> now I, I suggest imagine playing along in your mind and it'll, it'll yeah right mm -hmm. go ahead so la T switch F G switch la Mi Mi Fa. <laughs> uh <-huh>. yeah <laughs> oh boy yeah this so, is tricky. Here, let's do the intermediate step that, that we totally skipped, which is okay. sing each note on both. So, so is C, la right. is D, etc. So is C, la is D, T is E, do, yes, do is F, 
Ray is G, me is A, Fa is B flat, really? Yes. <laughs> and so is C. Exactly, yeah, yeah, right? And so so we build that up. And you, even, right, you, you feel the mental gymnastics that goes on yeah. to do that, right? And this is, I, I think, the connection, the, the instantaneous connection of, of letter names and solfege, this is something that takes a lot of time to develop. And it's something you also have to take the time to develop in each key. Mm. Um, I was thinking back to our episode with Denise Eaton, where she was talking about how important the visual element of each key is when you're doing sight singing. Mm. And this is another way of getting at that, right? Of saying, okay, we're going to do, we're going to be working in this key. Let's work our C to C scale in that key. Mm. And, and let's practice going between the letter names and the solfege so that when we go over to the staff, I see that C in F major and I am like, yep, that is a so, and, and I know it. Right. Hmm. And similarly, if I am hearing music that I know is in F major, I hear a me and I say, ah, oh, yeah, absolutely. That is an A and I know it. Hmm. Hmm. That, yeah, that's a, that's a great thing to establish that connection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I find my experience with students has been that, um, the, the analysis of music is typically slow because the process of moving between the letter names and where they are in the scale is also slow. Right. And so these, these C to C scales, the, their, that is their primary goal is to connect in an inseparable way that sense <laughs> of in the key of F, A is three and three is A and ever more shall be so. Right. Um, the, the other thing we do a lot with the CDC scales is we have different ways of prompting them. So for instance, I could say, okay, hey everyone, let's sing our E flat major C to C scale, right? And let's sing it on, on movable dough, right? And so we'd all start on la and that would be fine. Mm -hmm. Actually, David, would you do that? Would you sing the E flat major C to C scale starting from C on movable solfege? Okay. Uh, using law-based minor then. No, this is this is this is this major. Is this e, is an E this flat, is e major, flat scale, major scale. But we're so starting from C, so we are starting on La. So it's La Ti Do Re Mi Fa Sol La. And that feels very much like C natural minor. And right. to move to La minor people sounds like right? Right, absolutely. Now Okay, would you do the same thing again? And I'm going to give us a little harmony. Okay. La ti do re mi fa sol la. And coming down. So fa mi is and when we're that close we sometimes sing up to it yeah exactly just so we feel yeah yeah absolutely right and now it feels it's the same notes right but it feels very much like e flat major mm -hmm. 
And a, a primary goal of these scales is also to start to be able to hear harmonic context so that I could, just singing, La, Ti, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Sol, Fa, Mi, Re, Do, Ti, La, Do, I... versus <laughs> La, Ti, Do, Re, Mi, Fa, Sol, La, Sol, Fa, Mi, Re, Do, Ti, La, Si, La. Right, that I could, that I could call to mind whatever harmonic realm I want for those notes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting that you, you, uh, I, that I heard the harmonic context of both of those. Yeah. 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 Um, and you know, the other thing, okay. So the other thing about this, right? So I said, I could prompt it by saying what we're doing, but I could also prompt it by playing a C and then giving you a chord that's going to strongly suggest what key we're in. Uh-huh. So here's that C, and I'm gonna give us a chord that, that makes C very clearly a specific part of the scale. Okay. And let me know what part of the scale you think that is. That sounds like T. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, students may not get there that quickly, and one of the joys of singing without accidentals is that we could sing up and down the scale to feel out where the half and whole steps are on letter names. So uh -huh. let's do it. Let's do it. Without accidentals on letter names, here we go. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, D. Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, sorry, we stopped at C. C and come down. B, A, G, F, E. Tonic is Do. Otherwise known as D. And what kind of D is that tonic, by the way? That's uh, oh, it's got to be a D flat. It's got to be a D flat, yeah, because I started from a from a C natural. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. So we could cue a scale just by giving a chord. Let's do another of those. So I put C on top. Let's sing it together on letters yeah, yeah. and let's see what we figure out. Here we go. Yes, bingo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good. Let's sing on letters. Here we go. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, B, A, G, F, E, D, C. And tonic is? A flat. A flat, indeed. That's it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. So and uh, so we so yeah we can cue this. And what I'm doing each time is I'm just playing a five seven chord, and I'm putting C on top of that five seven chord. Right. So in that case, it was just an E flat dominant seventh, and I put the C on top, which makes it a, a dominant thirteenth chord. Right. But still, as soon as you have that dominant seventh chord, if you're thinking in standard tonal harmony it just tells you what key you're in you... it, absolutely absolutely the proof of that of course is there is only one tritone right within the major scale so theoretically if you have the tritone plus any other note of the scale <laughs> you can identify where you are that's actually a very hard prompt that we sometimes do is we'll right. do uh we'll do tritone plus c gotcha uh, yeah and can i share with you another prompt that i love this sure. is called the whisk and cluster prompt <laughs> whisk and cluster <laughs> Ready? Okay. 
So I whisked first, and then I clustered. And now hum around in that and see if you can figure out where we are. It sounds Lydian to me, but... Right, uh-huh. And now, of course, if I put with it a... <laughs> now it feels not so Lydian, right? Yeah. Right. And the harder version of that uh, is is we take the whisk away and we do purely the cluster. Ready for a cluster? Yep. Okay, here we go. Almost, almost. Oh. Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> Good, let's sing it on letter names. Let's sing it on letter names. Ready? All right. Here we go. C, D, E, F, G, A, B, C, B, A, G, F, E, D, C. And the tonic is? Yes, otherwise known as in letters. B flat. B flat, indeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's yeah. So that's the that's the the cluster prompt, right? And right. And in that one, it's just great to let students hum around and sort of figure out where where are the half steps, where are the whole steps, and then they're purely identifying where they are in the scale mm -hmm. based on that arrangement of half and whole steps, which is which is really, I think, fun and delightful. Uh, <laughs> you can do the same thing with harmonic minors. Uh, Right to where now we now we know clearly we're in. Uh, well, da, da, I hear that very well. Can Good. you cl uh -huh. cluster yes. it again? Da, da. Da, 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 da. Yeah. Uh -huh. da. It's, it's decayed so much that I'm not sure I can hear it anymore. Yeah. I can't help but hear it in a mode. And that's kind of a question. Do you hear Hava Nagila in, in, with this as tonic, or do you hear this as tonic? I hear this as tonic myself. I hear oh. Hava Nagila starting on a five chord. But, you know, I suppose either way, right? In any case, yes, absolutely. We're starting from... Oh, pardon my, uh, pardon my clock here. <laughs> it's got da and da. <laughs> right? <laughs> so, and I will da. tell you... <laughs> this is this is the thing about about doing these C to C scales, is you really get you really start getting into like hearing where where are things between C and C, uh -huh. and and then I I don't know about you but like after I've done a few of these especially these cluster examples I'll turn on the radio and I still have in mind where C and C are, uh -huh. and I just start hearing the collection of clustered notes between C and C, and the key emerges and suddenly. I know all the notes I'm listening to. And I think it has, I think there's great value in having a lot of avenues into things. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I have never quite explained to myself, because I'm a terrible pianist, but I can 
still within my skill limits uh i can play anything that i hear by by ear mm -hmm. uh, anything that's probably an exaggeration but definitely a, a pop song and if i'm i've noticed that i can be going along and listening to a pop song and i will get to a chord or get to something and i will lose track of where i am mm -hmm. and i'm trying to mentally analyze where things are doesn't everybody do this? Mentally analyze all the pop songs you hear on the radio? Uh, anyway, <laughs> I've exposed myself. All right. Um, but I have found moments where I lose track of where I am. And I think, where would, how would I play it? And my fingers immediately know where they would go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I, oh, <laughs> now I know where I am. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I, that's some other part of my brain that that knows how to do that. But I think yeah. you know having these multiple avenues. Um, yeah, and, and you know, Dalcroze was really after training that training that sort of subconscious level of the brain mm -hmm. that that the goal was to make things so automatic that you couldn't you you couldn't disentangle pitch from scale degree that you couldn't disentangle hearing uh, half steps and whole steps in a row and going, oh yeah, I know that that exists as either two, three, four, or as six, seven, one. And therefore I am in a specific place in the scale. Right. And which is it? Oh, now I have enough information. It's two, three, four. Right. Right. Which also leads to wonderful exercises of modulation as well, that we could say, I'm starting from C again. And what arrangements of half and whole steps was that? That was a half step and then a whole step. What are the keys I could be in? Don't tell me, just think of them. And would you improvise a little tune that starts from that C that convinces me of what you have decided is tonic in that key? Great. And I believe absolutely that you're in A flat major. Yes, you've fully convinced me of it. <clears throat> Did someone in the class pick a different key? Don't tell me what it was. Let's hear your tune, right? And suddenly you've introduced the concept of modulation. Right. And of pivot, of, of pivot scale fragments instead of pivot chords, right? Um, of course, you're having just sung that. We would then sing it back either on letter names or scale degrees and we'll do right. mi fa sol la so sorry did fixed o because uh, sorry mi fa sol do ti la sol fa mi la ti do do re mi sorry i i i, I live in fixed o you see and so it's hard to switch <laughs> i mean numbers three four five one seven six five four three one two three uh, six five four three i think you did something that was like good that memory again, right and so it was this is another thing we try to teach students absolutely absolutely is the yeah yeah uh, and of course, going back to the body fetch, right? That is also about tonal, about tonal memory, memorizing small, yeah, smaller sections. Uh, yeah. Great. Now I think, of course, I was trying to not sing a tune that immediately sprung to mind, and then I mm -hmm. thought, oh well, for another key, oh Danny boy, <laughs> yeah, 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 so yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is a great. I mean, there aren't that many well-known examples of tunes that begin on scale degree seven, right? Isn't that a great one? Mm. Seven, one, two, three. Totally, totally. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so these are the C to C scales. There are infinite games that you can spin out of them. We've only, we've only touched on a few. Um, I wanted to share one more thing, which is just to give a sense of how, uh, how Dalcrosians might introduce rhythm 
elements in the classroom. Should we do a quick rhythm game? Sure. Okay. So this is going to sound familiar because this is something you hear quite a lot in a Velcro's class. Do what I do. Four beats later. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, we have earphones on. We have to tug on our earlobes for this next part. Okay, so the dupes, <laughs> when we say the dupes, we're touching a pointer finger to our nose. Uh, I'm going to get to chukas, which will be tugging left, right, left, right, left, right, left, right on my earlobes. Uh, when I eventually get to ooze, I'll be tracing a long arc of a hand from down by my knee up to the sky. And then when I get to a kss, I'll do a clap in the middle of my body, spreading out over the full length of the kss. Okay, so now our listeners know what we'll be doing physically, but we'll also post a clip. Okay, here we go. Doop, 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 chicka, 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 chicka. Ooh, 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 You should know, David and I are doing this over the internet, and we're using Jamulus, which has pretty low latency. There's still a little bit of latency, so I was having to be ever so slightly ahead of David, which was totally, wonderfully confusing for me. Um, but yeah, but it's, you know, you, you, you uh, so just to talk through the sequence of that, first we did one sound at a time, leaving silence and echoing. Then I would do one sound for measure, and the next measure I'd always put a, a whole note in. Mm. And then each measure changing to whatever I want it to be. But still, by the way, every fourth measure, I was putting a x in so that there was a sense of cadence and ordering to, right. the, uh, to the phrase length. That is so important um, to me is that things be musical. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because you can do things at random, and if you don't make them musical, you know, uh, are you really... It's like that you're you're putting another impediment in the way while you're yes, creating yes. new skills. And David, I'm, I'm I'm really glad you said that because the next thing I do actually let's just do, let's let's do a little more. Yeah. Okay. Ready? I started my chickas too loud. It's all good. <laughs> it's all good, right? But to but to intentionally then create dynamic and even pitch shapes within it, so that it starts becoming not just a we have dupes, we have chickas, we have ooze, but but we start to create right. There's a, a thing. whole other layer of information that we often don't uh, work on. Yeah, and in intentionally, when I first do this exercise, I do not put that layer of information in. Right. At the beginning, this is an exercise of, of can I do one thing 
while seeing another thing being done. Right. And that, uh, you know, that's a very, that's a really hard skill to, to learn at first, right? At, at, with, you know, with college students, yeah, great. But, you know, with elementary students, the, the I'm holding my own and I'm not doing what I'm seeing, that, yeah. that takes a lot of work. And actually, it, what I will do in that, I do, I do sort of a, like a Simon Says kind of thing. I'll say, do what I do. Do, do, do. We're all doing it. And I say, keep doing that. Don't change until I say change. Class keeps doing it. I switch it. Chick, 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 chick. Keep doing your dupes until I say change. Now we're all doing chick, chick, right? And so I can, right. so you can layer it up that way yeah. of having them experience. I'm doing eighth notes. Uh-huh. While I'm seeing quarter notes or vice versa and and starting to feel the relationship of those different notes. And you know what's also great about this, and this is uh, just stating the obvious, I know, but it, it's all a game. It's all a game. It's all a game. It's all a game. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, okay, let's let's spin this game out a little bit. So now I'm just going to do the sounds at the piano, but would you do everything back just as you were doing it? Okay. So you'll hear doops, chukas, oohs, and, and from the piano. <laughs> Ready? Here we go. Exactly. <laughs> and then you end with this symbol crash. The symbol crash, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and, and of course, what we are doing is rhythmic dictation. We're doing real-time rhythmic dictation. Yeah. And uh, as we build it up, I could change the note value within the measure, which I wasn't doing at all. I was doing a full measure of, of each, right? Right. We could, we could change the note values within the measure, which right. has another layer of complexity. Or as I was doing that, I was trying to play things that kind of sounded like our sounds. Uh-huh. But I could just improvise freely and everyone would still do back the same motions, but I don't necessarily have to do that, right? I could do, I could do like a bad, a bad, uh, Beethoven sonata, right? Uh, that's my start with Chukas. You know, right, you just, you, right. You can, right. You can just spin it out in any number of ways that, that you want to spin it. And if I didn't feel confident at the piano, I yep. can go la 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 Absolutely. It's, it, which is equally good, which is, yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. Um, and, you know, as we were talking about with body fej, having students lead this exercise, starting, you know, with, with the basic form of doing the dupes and shukas, as we talked about, um, with a rule of every fourth bar, they're going to do x, and that's hard. That's really hard to remember. Mm. Uh, I'll often, actually, as they're doing it, just politely say one, two at the start of each bar, uh -huh. three, and then gradually take that away to, to learn to, to learn to create four measure shapes Right is is wonderfully challenging, um, and you know, and and as as we did adding that that layer of of musical information that exists on top of notes and rhythm as well, uh, are really these are wonderful pathways into improvisation for students uh, that they can do away from their instruments and in an oral school's classroom. So. 
cool. This is great. <laughs> I feel like I feel like that's probably enough. There, you know, there. As with as with anything in Dalcros, you can take any of these and spin them out in infinite directions to fit your class, to right. fit what you want to work on. But but and I think yeah, I think yes, I, I would love to see you know seven more hours of games. But uh, but just knowing this approach there's a whole lot that one could invent on one's own totally just, just saying oh okay i can use this mm-hmm. and probably uh probably people many people already are using games like this and they but um but if yeah. you're not holy smoke what a great process <laughs> yeah yeah and i find you know having a, a number of these in my tool bag as it were mm-hmm. it's if i'm you know it, it's these are great quick transition fillers like we're going between this piece and this piece insert 30 seconds of dupe cannon and now we're working right and it's just just great ways especially like if you're teaching you know in in a a band or choir or orchestra situation great ways to sneak in some really deep musical learning without having to take a bunch of time aside for it yeah yeah and the joy of playing and we learn so much by playing that's how we learn yeah. yeah, and this is the other thing that that because because this work is so rooted in play, it takes it it removes a layer of stress that that can absolutely be a blocker for learning concepts. Um, I think about you know when we when we're learning to play basketball, right? We don't we don't like oh I missed the basket I give up right and we don't, we right. don't overthink it. Well, some of us do. Some but... of us do. Yeah, <laughs> especially especially adults, right? But give a kid a basketball in a basket. And they'll just, they'll just keep trying and they're learning so much by that trying without, without, you know, horrible negative voices. The negative voices can typically come from maybe the coaching or the pressure of, of the, of, of the game of winning. Um, but yeah, there's just, you know, working in play can be, especially for any students who are inhibited by their own uh, stress or self critique, it can be very freeing. Greg, this is fantastic, and thank you so much for sharing all these ideas today. Um, I'm, I'm excited to incorporate some of them in my own classroom, and I, I am sure that anyone listening is going to be <laughs> thrilled as well. So, awesome. Well, thanks, David. This was this was fun to to flip the tables and and do this. <laughs> so, great to see you. You too, David. Bye. Bye. Notes from the Staff is produced by utheory.com. Utheory is the most advanced online learning platform for music theory. With video lessons, individualized practice, and proficiency testing, Utheory has helped more than 100,000 students around the world master the fundamentals of music theory, rhythm, and ear training. Create your own free teacher account at utheory.com teach.